Game on! It's time for Wolverines Weekly. Conversations with WDC coaches and athletes. Let's hustle to it. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome to Wolverines Weekly. My name is CJ Baumgartner. We're going to get this show started off by not going to the court, not going to the rink, not going to the mat. We're going to the stage. We're going to talk with Wadena Deer Creek One Act Director Beth Hawkins next on Wolverines Weekly. Play ball! Booyah! We're back with more Wolverines Weekly here on KWAD. Up next on Wolverines Weekly, we are talking with Beth Hawkins, the one-act play director at Wadena Deer Creek. Hey, Beth, thanks for taking the time to, to talk with us. Thank you for having me. And, you know, we uh, it's one-act uh, subsection weekend, and as we're uh, talking right now on a Saturday morning, you guys are getting ready uh, for that uh, performance at Memorial Auditorium. And how cool is it just to be able to get to, uh, to, get to host the subsection and to be able to have your students uh, perform in a very comfortable setting? You know, it's like home field advantage in sports. We feel really lucky to be able to have it at the auditorium for reasons beyond just being comfortable there. It's just a beautiful space, and I think it's wonderful for other teams too because it's it's a lovely stage. Why don't you just fill us in how many uh, teams, uh, schools are going to be there performing and uh, who gets to advance? Kind of give us the rundown on what subsection one act is. Yeah, so there are six area schools. We're subsection 22A, and the top two schools advance to the sections in Park Rapids, which is the next weekend. Yeah, and, you know, for a, a successful program that you guys have had in one act at Wadena Deer Creek, you guys have been able to do a lot of stuff to advance. What has gone into uh, uh, just that, and what have your kids done over the years to kind of consistently put themselves in that situation to get to advance? Well, I can tell you this is, uh, I believe, my seventh year as director, and what I've noticed is the students who choose to be part of the one act program have a passion for drama, whether they're part of our cast or crew or in the light booth, they really love being on the stage or being behind the stage. And that's really what goes into it is having students dedicated. I just am lucky enough to be able to wrangle them together. Without them, none of it would happen. Yeah. And, you know, tell us a little bit about this year's play. What's, uh, what's it called? Give us a synopsis if you can and uh, fill us in there. Oh, absolutely. Our play is called How to Get Away with a Murder Mystery. And based on the title, you can probably tell it's a comedy. It's a parody of the comedies most of us who are a little bit older have grown up seeing. If you're a child of the 80s, you'd recognize Murder, She Wrote or the movie Clue. So it kind of poked fun at that genre. Sure. And what's it like, you know, when you get to do those comedies and those kids kind of get to see who gets to be the funny one, who gets to make the joke, who gets to be uh, the butt of the joke, if we will. How how fun is it to get to see those kids kind of come together and uh, try and make everybody laugh a little bit? You know, there's nothing better than for them. You usually don't like to get laughed at. But when you're on the stage and doing a comedy, getting those laughs from the audience is great. But getting a laugh during practice from another performer I think it gives them just a real sense of life, and that's what they go for, is to try to break each other and do something different that'll make somebody else laugh. How long have you guys been working on this? When did you officially decide that that was going to be the one-act play for the year, and uh, when did you guys get to work, start casting and kind of practicing? What's that timeline been like? Well, we decided on the play right before Christmas break, 
and we cast and I gave everybody scripts, but we weren't actually on Memorial Auditorium stage until basically January, I think, 3rd. So we've been performing for about three weeks, four weeks. And, you know, during those practices, when do you, uh, so before school, after school, I, I know a lot of kids sometimes can be in other activities and finding that practice time can be difficult. What was it like for you guys? We practice after school and we have a student who's on the basketball team. And luckily, um, the boys basketball coaches are fantastic and we work with them and he's willing to come before his games after his practices and we just make it work whenever we can. And, you know, with uh, your crew getting together, how many members are part of the cast? How many are part of the crew? And uh, kind of where does that range in a typical year? You know what? I don't know the exact numbers of um, the cast and crew separate, but we do have 15 cast and crew members. I think, <laughs> I feel like I should know this, I believe we have seven cast members. So that would make eight crew members. Sure. And, you know, with those crew members, you know, what is their responsibilities? What are their roles and how important are they? I know we all sometimes look at the kids on stage, but, you know, they can't, uh, nobody sees what they're doing or you don't have those uh, effects going on. It uh, definitely doesn't give that full performance. Oh, absolutely. We break our crew into two different pieces. There is the crew and then there's the booth and they're both super instrumental. Our crew is only made up of three and they have built and painted and done all of our sets. And they have done just an incredible job making things turn and change and shift. And we have people in the booth. Emma Winnegar, who's only a ninth grader, has been in charge of our lights for three years. And so she's kind of become our champion up there. I, it's incredible just to see the things she can do now. And then we have our sound people and all the different people and the little things they do. It's incredible. And, you know, the thing about it with the casting crew, too, the thing in one act people might not know about is your time done setting up and mm -hmm. taking down and getting ready and all that. So for those who don't know, kind of fill us in on what that structure is like and how you get your uh, casting crew prepared every season. So the rules are this. Uh, they start a timer and we have 10 minutes. Our, our set is in a 10 by 10 box. And in that 10 minutes, we have to get it out of that box and on the stage and get it set up and be away from it. Then we have, we have 35 minutes to perform our play. And after our play, after um, the blackout of the final line, once the lights come back up, we have 10 minutes to get it off the stage and into the box again. So it is really a tight time to make sure there's no sitting around waiting in those times. Yeah, it's a lot of hurry up and, and get ready. And, you know, it's kind of a can be a little stressful at times, but also when you kind of get used to it in that form, it feels, uh, I'm sure it feels mm -hmm. a little bit easier. Uh, Beth, anything else you want to let us know about, about this year's uh, one act play and about the work your kids have put in? I have to give a special shout out. We have two seniors, Kelly Oldakowski and Ryan Schmidt, who have been the heart and soul of drama. They're the first people who have their lines memorized and they're always the people who are just working so hard. I think that's the big thing I want to leave this interview with is, you know, Kelly and Ryan have been just incredible to the program. Beth Hawkins, the one-act play director at Wadena Deer Creek, joining us on Wolverines Weekly. Hey, Beth, uh, we appreciate the time that you've given us talking about your play. Best of luck throughout the weekend, and we uh, hope to see that you guys advanced on to uh, sections next week. Thank you so much. We're back with more Wolverines Weekly on KWAD.
Up next on Wolverines Weekly, we're talking with Wadena Deer Creek head boys basketball coach Kevin Toomberg. And coach, another week in the books. Why don't you just give us an update? What's been going on with your team? Yeah, we uh, since we last talked, we uh, had a game on Saturday against East Grand Forks. Um, the boys played uh, played a really good game. Um, East Grand Forks is kind of a they're right in the middle of the pack of the the section. And East Grand, uh, they're, they're really an athletic team. Um, they like to push the tempo, um, which is something we like to do too. Uh, and we were able to, to kind of pull away. It was a close, like, one- or two-point game at halftime. Um, I think they were actually up by one. Um, then we were able to pull away, have a really strong second half, and we won by 15. Um, and then on Tuesday night, uh, the Verndale Pirates came to town. Um, we didn't play uh, what we felt was a, a really good first half, um, but we got to credit Verndale. Uh, they came out ready to play. Um, they made a lot of big shots and made us really work on the offensive end. Um, and we were, I think, up by like two at halftime and ended up pulling away and winning by 20 or so. But, um, you know, one of those things that have happened over and over for us this year uh, has been like second half uh, adjustments and <clears throat> really coming out and playing well in the second half. Um, so I've, I've been really proud of our team uh, to be able to do that. Um, but hopefully uh, moving forward, we can have a, a lot better of a first half for us. You know, you mentioned that the the first half has been the first half, and but that second half is when it feels like everybody just kind of locks in. They take their assignments and they make whatever adjustments they need to make. What's it been like when you go into the locker room at halftime and kind of what it, what's been the key to success with those second half adjustments? Yeah, I think there's a multiple things. Um, you know, the first one, as soon as the you know, for those of you that don't know out there in the listening area, um, when once halftime hits, uh, the Players all go in the locker room, and um, myself and my assistants, Alex Brockpoller, Ryan Elfring, and Luke Winnegar, um, we, we meet out in the hallway or somewhere away from the, the boys and just kind of talk about what's going well, what's not going well. Um, and i got to give a ton of credit to those three uh, guys that I coach with that um, they're coming up with all sorts of ideas. Uh, they're never, uh, never afraid to throw out an idea, um, even if we're going to laugh at them a little bit or whatever, because um, all, all three of them have been around basketball and have been in successful programs themselves. Um, so it's, it's fun to just be able to bounce those ideas off each other. And um, once we can kind of agree on, yep, this is this has been our problem or this is what we got to fix, uh, then we go and deliver that message to the boys however we have to deliver it. You know, if we have to um, kind of get after them and feel like we got to light a fire a little bit, um, or if it's more of a, hey, we're playing well, we just got to uh, kind of tune up some of these things. Um, you know, so it, it's fun to see those second half adjustments happening. Um, you know, another thing I think a lot to our credit, uh, we condition a ton. If you ask any of our our players, 9 through 12, um, you know, they, they would say right away that conditioning is definitely a priority for us in practice. Uh, and I think just, just the style of play we like to do is up-tempo. I think a lot of times we're able to kind of wear teams out, and that helps us pull away later in the second half. Um, you know, not always the case, but I, I do think that we have some um, pretty in-shape boys that are uh, able to just go, 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 where other teams might be getting a little tired. You know, the other big news of the week, of course, was Teshi Lohr hitting that 1,000-point mark on Saturday. Uh, just how important has he been for your program, and what was it like to see him hit that milestone? Yeah, it was awesome for Tesh. Um, you know, with him being able to play uh, in front of East Grand, uh, where he's got family that plays for East Grand. He's got a bunch of relatives that live in East Grand, um, and they were all able to come down for that game. Um, so really the stars, stars kind of aligned for him to get his 1,000 point against that team. Um, so it was a lot of fun for him, proud of him. Um, he's, he's been one of those guys that his role has kind of evolved as he's uh, been with the varsity since the freshman, um, where right away it was kind of, hey, you're the dude, you're the ball handler, you got to make sure 
um, handle any pressure that's thrown at us, kind of facilitate, create for other guys. Um, you know, that was kind of his role the first year, year and a half. And then uh, once some of the other guys had graduated, uh, he knew he was going to have to take on more of a scoring role, and he's really worked on that. Um, you know, one thing I think that's just a, a big credit to him is he started the year like one of 15 or something like that from three, uh, and he knew that was a part of his game that if he wanted to have a big season and help us win a lot of games, uh, he was going to have to improve that outside shot. And uh, almost every day after practice, he's putting up um, hundreds of extra shots, and they're typically three-point shots. And since um, since he's been doing that, he's, he's shot the three ball really, really well for us. Um, so it, it's one of those things that um, hopefully that younger guys see. You know, this is something that uh, an older player was struggling with, and um, he found time outside of just the normal practice to to make sure he could improve on that, uh, and, and he's been able to. You know, and also besides Teshi Lore getting his 1,000th point, I know we talked a month ago about Peyton Church getting that 1,000th point as well. It's not every year that a coach gets to see two different players get to 1,000 points. How special has that been for you, and just kind of what does it say about those two kids in the program? Yeah, it's real special. Um, you know, you think uh, you think of the list of people that have scored a thousand points. Um, you know, and you can go back to the year they graduated and talk about the the team that they had or the success they had or whatever it might be. Um, you know, and forever people are going to be able to look up at the banners and see that holy cow! In that twenty twenty four class, there are two um, thousand point scorers. And um, you know, not not to say that we're you know some spectacular team all of a sudden or anything, but when you got two guys that you know you can trust to go out and um, and help you on the offensive end, it really lets us as coaches and um, as the rest of the team, it takes a lot of pressure off us on the offensive end. We can focus either more on the defensive end or other guys offensively can kind of just play their game. Um, they don't have to try to force anything or you know put up a, a ridiculous amount of shots or numbers because they, they kind of know um, that we're going to have kind of that safety blanket with those two guys. Um, so they've been, they've been a lot of fun. Uh, they're two guys that are – um, absolute gym rats. They love being in the gym. They love getting up shots. They love playing basketball. Um, so very proud of those guys. Um, very exciting, um, you know, just to, to have them both on the on the same team at the same time. You know, and speaking of those two guys, you know, they're they're close and they talk about each other. I know I asked Teshi during our Player of the Week interview, and you know, I said, who's your favorite athlete, a guy you look up to the most? And right away he said Peyton Church. What is their relationship like uh, in practice and on the floor, and just how much does that help a team? Yeah, they, uh, they're two guys that they definitely go at each other in practice. Um, you know, they're, they're the first ones, um, typically, if people are trash-talking a little bit in the drill or whatever it might be when we're getting competitive, uh, those two are the ones doing it to each other. Um, you know, and I, and I think they, they both have that mutual respect for each other that um, they know they can get after each other and they want to get after each other because it's going to push the other one uh, to be better. Um, you know, so it, it gets a lot of – it may be a little intense at times, but uh, it's fun to watch as a coach just the, the intensity of practices. Um, and then for these guys just to realize that, hey, all of a sudden, all right, tomorrow's game day, like we get to be together. We get to play together against all another town um, and we get to bring that same energy, that same intensity. But now we're on the same side. Um, so that that side of it's been fun. Um, they definitely push push each other. Um, you know, and it's not just them. They're, the other guys on the varsity roster, um, whatever drill we might be doing, uh, they know um, kind of the abilities and capabilities of Teshi and Peyton. Um, and, and they like to challenge them a lot, too. Uh, maybe maybe they're beat them or are successful. Maybe they're not, but um, they they definitely kind of bring up that intensity uh, level to practice. We're talking with Wadena Deer Creek head boys basketball coach Kevin Toomberg. Coach, appreciate the time. Best of luck throughout the next week, and we look forward to breaking it down with you then. Yes, perfect. Thank you.
Don't go anywhere on Wolverines Weekly. We're going to talk with Wadena Deer Creek head girls basketball coach Jordan Cressup next. Your home for Wadena Deer Creek Athletics is KWAD. Here's more Wolverines Weekly. Next up on Wolverines Weekly, we're talking with Wadena Deer Creek head girls basketball coach Jordan Cressup. And coach, another week in the books. Just give us an update on how everything's going with your team. Yeah, we're rolling right along here. Um, it's been a, a real busy January, that's for sure. Um, and that's how it is, and, and that's how we like it, too. You know, middle of winter here, might as well keep things busy and keep the, the games flowing and keep trying to, to get better and better. So um, I think last we talked, we had, what's uh, the last Friday? We yeah, had Verndale, yeah. and then Saturday we had East Grand Forks, Tuesday Perm, and then last night was Mills. So um, four games since we last talked and we have another one tonight. So that's a, a lot of games. We didn't have practice on Monday. So this would be our fifth game um, in six days. So we've had the one practice on Wednesday and we're just kind of rolling on through. Yeah. You know, you said the one practice over the last seven days almost. And, uh, you know, as a coach, you don't get that time to, to really game plan for another team or to fix something. Maybe you, you saw in a game uh, a night or two before. Uh, what's it like kind of with that one practice and what was kind of the mentality uh, through that and, and coaching your team without kind of getting that practice time? Yeah. Wednesday, um, we, we spend a lot of time on zone offense because um, tonight we'll see some zone defense. And then last night, New York Mills is it's been playing zone zone defense all year. So we prepared a lot of lot for, you know, two, three zone and one, two, two zone and kind of a matchup zone here tonight. So that's something we've had to work on or we needed to work on anyway. So um, it worked out well, you know, you can't uh, practice everything and prepare for everything, but you can kind of narrow it down and, and, and really hone in on, on a couple of skills and a couple of, of, uh, of main things. And then you just kind of go from there and just, uh, go out there and play and, and, uh, you know, adjust and, and, and do those things on the fly, which I feel like is good for, for our girls basketball team. You mentioned that uh, zone offense and trying to, to counter against that, you know, with the personnel you have, and just kind of with your coaching philosophy for a team to play well against the zone, what does that look like? Um, it looks like uh, a lot of, a lot of fundamentals, um, and a lot of court vision and understanding, um, what the defense is, is trying to do, what they're trying to take away, um, what our looks are and, um, and going from there. So, you know, against, uh, a two, three zone defense, we've been talking a lot about how we need to get some, some more paint touches, get the ball in the, in the paint area, whether that's off dribble penetration or high post looks or short corner post looks. Um, we gotta, we gotta vary it up, um, offensively instead of just kind of passing it around the perimeter. Um, we've had a focus of, you know, not turning the ball over as much. And with that comes a little bit of passiveness and less aggression. So now we're kind of finding that fine line of, of being a little bit more aggressive, but also taking care of the ball because, um, against the zone, you, you have to, um, be able to get to that zone, zone to collapse and get some inside outside looks. Um, you know, or some, some inside looks as well. So um, that's kind of been our emphasis and, you know, only way to get better at zone offense is to continue to see zone defenses and continue to just, you know, be coachable and kids have and, um, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable because we, we need to find some, some slashers and some penetrators of the zone, which is kind of what we, we lost from last year's team. So um, yeah, just, 
seeing those defenses and and figuring out what the different reads are. Sure. And you know, last week uh, against Verndale, you guys got a little revenge against them for the for the win they got against you guys back in December. And I thought Lola Pulver had one of her best games of the season, uh, especially scoring wise. What did you see out of her in that game? What was working? Well, yeah, she was she was absolutely crucial. She had a, a fantastic game coming off the bench, and we had a very sluggish start. I think we were down seven zero pretty quickly, and we just couldn't get anything going and credit to Verndale. They're, they're a very solid team, physical and, and great defensively, you know, um, great coach over there too in art. And, um, we needed a spark. We needed a boost. We needed some scoring. We needed somebody that just kind of, um, attack the defense. And, and that was Lola that night. I think she had 15 in the first half of our 23, I believe it was. So without her, um, you know, I don't know if we would have, we would have been up, up against it. That's for sure. And, you know, she was uh, in attack mode all night, and that's that's kind of her role, and that's that's what we need from her, you know, throughout the, the rest of the season. And then you, uh, last week, and or earlier this week, I should say, you were in uh, you were in Perm for a rematch of last year's section title game. Uh, what was it like to get in the hive and go in that atmosphere and play against uh, uh, Willow Thiel and, and that team that they have over there in Perm? Yeah, it was, a, it was a great environment. Always is over there. It was a good crowd. Uh, we had our Hoops for Hope night, and um, so we were, you know, supporting, um, cancer research that night and the Jimmy V foundation. So, um, that's always cool to be a part of that, that sort of experience and, and understand that sometimes it's bigger than basketball. It's about a couple communities coming, coming together to, uh, help out a, a good cause there. And obviously Perm is, is a, a well-oiled machine with Thiel and, um, Anderson and Grismer kind of the three-headed monster there um you kind of got to pick your poison and um you know do all you can compete to the best of your ability you know possession by possession and um i feel like we did that the first half they just kind of got rolling and and willow was she was phenomenal she was good good inside good outside you know hitting some threes and um they kind of had different players pitching in and hitting some big time shots which extended the lead and kind of got us out of our you know out of what we wanted to do. So um, credit them. They were, they were really good that night. They played well and uh, you know, it's not all, all bad on our end. You know um, I feel like we did do some good things and it's good to see good teams like that to know um, that we still have, have a lot of work to do. Um, but there's moments in time there where, you know, we competed well and we had a great start and that should give us some belief that, that we can hang, hang with these teams. We just gotta, we just gotta do it for a full 36. You know, the month of January is wrapping up here, and then all of a sudden it's February, and before you know it, we're going to be talking about that end of the season and getting ready for the section uh, playoffs. But how do you think your team has kind of come together over the last couple weeks? And like you said, a busy month of January. They get a lot of games under their belts. How do you think they've responded? And what do you think is one of the areas where they've gotten uh, really good at over the last month? Um, I think we've I think we've matured as a team. Um you know, over these last week, few weeks, probably over the last month, um, we've seen some some signs of inexperience and immaturity at times. You know, especially East Grand Forks game last couple minutes, we just kind of let it slip, and and those those losses sting when when that happens, and you uh, you kind of make the mistakes yourself instead of the, the uh, opponent. You know, forcing those mistakes, and then. Um, last night against New York Mills, against a big physical New York Mills team, we 
um, had some adversity there. We had another six point lead that went, that vanished, you know, in a minute, they had a couple threes and credit them. They, they played well too. Um, so in those times of adversity, we had everybody kind of sticking together. Um, you know, things weren't going our way and, um, we had some good leadership step up and Jenna Dykoff, you know, was a great leader on, on the court and then off the court, she was great. And, really kind of the glue that kept us together and made some big time plays. So I feel like just everybody's coming together, um, you know, for, for that common goal of, of being successful as a team. And um, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of things to, to hone in on, but I do feel like we're, we're starting to understand our roles better and um, we're taking care of the ball better. Um, but we just got to keep striving for better. We're talking with Wadena Deer Creek head girls basketball coach Jordan Cressip. Coach, appreciate the time. Best of luck throughout the next week, and we'll recap it with you here. Sounds great. Thank you, CJ. You're listening to Wolverines Weekly on KWAD. Next up on Wolverines Weekly, we're talking with Wadena Deer Creek head wrestling coach Brad Wollum. And coach, another week in the books. You guys had a big tournament last weekend. Why don't we start? Just uh, give us a recap of how that went up in Thief. Uh, that FIFA River Falls tournament is pretty outstanding. Uh, they had eight mats in their hockey arena there, um, and there's basically four tournaments going on at the same time. At uh, one end of the gym, you've got middle schoolers, so, uh, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. Then you've got another tournament of JV kids, then the ter- varsity tournament for the boys, and then the varsity tournament for the girls. So, a um, lot of action. Um, all the kids got. Lots of lots of quality matches last Saturday, and they performed super, super well, too. Yeah, you know, and you talk about the getting in that big environment, a lot of wrestling going on. Does it kind of, did it kind of jack your wrestlers up a little bit? Were they a little more like, let's go, like uh, adrenaline pumping? Yeah, you know, I it, I think they did, because it's kind of uh, the environment there, you know, you're in the ice arena, um, which is going to be very similar to the XL Energy Center, so I think you know, just being in a little bit different atmosphere rather than gymnasium was kind of exciting for the kids. Um, and, you know, there, you know, there's not a lot of prep prep talk for coaches because we're jumping from mat to mat to mat for, you know, basically seven hours straight. Um, so the kids are kind of, you know, it's on their own about how they, how they get themselves ready to go, you know, and then they hit their cool downs uh, somewhere in the tunnels. So, um, but the kids did really well. I mean, the, you know, I'll just kind of break it down about all four tournaments there. The girls, um, we only had five girls compete in the tournament, but they still took third place as a team. Uh, they scored that many points. Uh, Charlie Snyder took first, and then all the other four girls uh, took second place. So that's a lot of team points there. Um, and the other the teams that took first and second were they each had either at least 10 or more girls um, competing that day. So for our five girls to rack up that many points, was pretty impressive. Um, and the boys varsity, they did really well too. And we had a couple injuries and stuff. We only had, I think six or maybe seven boys in the varsity tournament. Um, but you know, that's totally okay, but they all did really well. I mean, Seth Strowing and Grant Steelhammer, um, found their way to the podium. So they had a, they had a good tournament. And their seniors, they're, they're starting to turn that corner um, and capitalize on the weeks they've got remaining. And then the middle school tournament, or the middle school and JV tournament was super exciting. And that's where I put um, a bulk of our kids um, to get them some good quality matches. And they did super well. I think 
when they tallied up the points, I think Wadena took fifth, I want to say, in the team score. Um, but again, the kids did outstanding. You know, they were a lot of kids getting first, second place, third place, fourth place, you name it. Um, they're all hitting the podium, which is which is good because they were big, big brackets. Yeah, and, you know, back to the girls like you were talking about. And, you know, they don't get as many opportunities throughout the year as the boys do. But what does it say about your girl wrestlers that when they get the opportunity, typically they've taken advantage of them? Yeah, they certainly have. You know, um, it's a it's hit or miss, you know, on the duels and the tries that we have. It depends, you know, what the other team has. And then, um, you know, if they have girls, then what size are the girls? Are they going to be the same size as ours or not? And it's been pretty surprising um, how many matches the girls have. I would say there's actually a lot of the girls have more matches than the boys. <laughs> um, it's there's it's kind of getting to be, uh, you know, they're keeping pretty even pace or even outpacing the boys as far as match count. So that's super exciting. Um, and they're going out there and competing. And, you know, like you talked about with those uh, junior high JV boys wrestlers, getting them those reps against somebody kind of around their age, a little bit more around their uh, skill level, or just kind of in that ballpark to give them those quality reps. How important are those as the uh, regular season starts to wind down here? You know, if you don't have those matches, um, that's that's kind of a death of a program. Uh, it's a kind of a slow dying death. So if you can, if you can keep that lifeblood going, you know, then I'll say, when we wrestled Park Rapids and Crosby or even all season long, you know, I have to pull an eighth grader up to varsity or a freshman or a seventh grader on occasion. You know, that, that's never ideal, um, but you're trying to do what's best for the team. But as long as, you know, you can try and balance out their season so where, you know, 50% or more of their matches are JV, good quality matches, and then, you know, maybe the other 50% are varsity matches where they're going to have to take their licking. So, it's it's super important. This Saturday, the 27th, the 7th, 8th, ninth graders are competing in a qualifier tournament up in Monoman. It's the ninth grade league individual tournament. So if they place in the top two, they'll advance to the state tournament now in the cities. And that tournament is designed to be for your 7th, 8th, and ninth graders that are not like your everyday varsity kids, you know, um, so I've got kids that you know have varsity experience, but they're not you know twenty win wrestlers. They're you know sub five hundred, but they just need that one more year of just growth and maturity. So that's what this tournament is designed for. So I'm looking forward to that. I think I think they're going to compete really well. You know we there's certainly kids that have opportunities to advance the state tournament. So we'll see how they do. And, you know, you guys had a meet on Thursday night in Wadena at the elementary school. Uh, talk about how fun of a wrestling environment that can be and just give us a recap on how it went. Yeah, it's such a fun atmosphere being there. Um, wrestling is kind of taking over that gym space, um, you know, just because that's kind of been our home and it's kind of a nice and more intense atmosphere, um, you know, than the high school gym. So that's good. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good night. We were definitely down on numbers. You know, the flu bug is just hitting every school district, I think in the central part of the state here, kind of all at the same time, but, and that's where our, we've relied on our depth chart. It's been kind of nice because, you know, we had senior Eli Benning, he went home sick and, you know, nothing, nothing wrong there. He just said, Hey coach, I'm, I'm really sorry for letting the team down. I got to go home sick. And that's, is what it is, you know, but luckily, it's kind of nice to look down the bench and be like, oh, I've got 
three more guys that, hey, you you want to wrestle varsity tonight? And they're all ready to rock and roll. So um, that's that's been super fun. But Thursday, I want to give a shout out to the two seniors that did wrestle, Grant Sealhammer and Seth Stroh, and they both went 2-0 and in their last uh, performance in that elementary gym. And, you know, uh, as this regular season starts to wind down and you kind of mentioned that they're in their last home meet and and things going on like that, I, the regular season is kind of sneaking up on us. It's almost over. How are you guys getting ready kind of for that end of season wind down? You know, so we've got um, a pretty good chunk of just practice here. Our meet or competition schedule is slowing down here. We've got the conference tournament, you know, next week. We've got a couple triangulars left. Um, so big, big thing is just, you know, let's get all the aches and pains taken care of because nobody, nobody can make it through 15 weeks of wrestling healthy. Uh, it's impossible. You know, a kid's got jammed fingers, you know, they've got, uh, bruises on their calves, their knees, you know, maybe a, a stretched rotator cuff. So just getting all those ailments taken care of, you know, maybe go see the chiropractor or, you know, something like that. So that's just been kind of the mentality, um, you know, kind of, kind of ease off here a little bit, especially during the cold and flu season and then, um, get them back going. So as far as practice, you know, maybe for a few days, we'll lighten up on any live wrestling. Um, just let the kids kind of heal, you know, just do a lot of basic cardio stuff to keep their lungs going, um, keep them in shape and then focus on maybe some technique, but then we'll really, you know, hit it hard with live wrestling right before we hit postseason. We're talking with Wadena Deer Creek head wrestling coach Brad Wollum. Hey, coach, best of luck as you get ready for the next week and that junior high JV tournament coming up as well. We'll talk to you next week, all right? All right, thanks, CJ. More Wolverines weeklies around the corner, including an interview with Wadena Deer Creek head hockey coach Robbie Grendahl and our Wolverine player spotlight interview with Teshi Lore next. Play ball! Booyah! We're back with more Wolverines Weekly here on KWAD. Next up on Wolverines Weekly, we're chatting with Wadena Deer Creek head boys hockey coach Robbie Grendahl and coach another week in the books. Why don't you just give us an update on what's been going on with your team? Well, we've uh, we've fought through some some more adversity. We we had a uh, a tough game uh, two games ago, I guess it was not uh, not our most recent game, but we ended ended that game with uh, only eight skaters. The game that was against Wilmer um, took a took a loss in that one. I guess it ended up to be eight to three. They scored uh, four unanswered goals, but we fin- ended up finishing the game with eight players. Yeah, and you know, just talk about uh, the adversity that you mentioned with your guys, and just how everybody was kind of able to overcome that. Yeah, so we we bounced right back and came back and played uh, Breckwap and. The boys came out um, kind of in charge of the whole game. Ended up winning three to one. Uh, got great, great help defensively. Gave up um, maybe more shots than we'd like, but Gunner is uh, more than capable of handling those. And we walked out of there with a, a three to one uh, win, which snapped a, a long uh, losing streak. So the the kids were really happy, and they've uh, you know a, any of the adversity that's been dealt to them, they've just handled it in a super positive way. 
Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that 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 adversity, and you know, you as a coaching staff, and uh, you guys tell them to do all these things, and you know, obviously, you want the wins to to kind of happen, but sometimes it's got to be process over outcome. But how fun is it when that process does lead to the win, and you can kind of show them, hey, what we're doing is, is helping? Yeah, it's great, and we we talked about that that night. You know, we can't talk we can't talk you into a win. We can't talk our way. They they know what to do, and they know what needs to be done, and and. Um, yeah, it was very, very rewarding for them. And that, that's been, you know, the only frustrating part when you see kids work so hard and not reach their goals, that that's a really, really difficult thing. But there are lots of life lessons packed into that as well. And they've, they've handled all of these um, bumps and challenges. They've answered the bell and it, it definitely is going to provide for a great base for them in the future. You know, we've talked all season, and, and I've heard you mention uh, Gunnar Olsen's name pop up all the time, just uh, how important he's been to your team in net. But why don't we go a little bit kind of to that next level? What about Gunnar Olsen as a goalie really makes him uh, a key player for you guys? What does he do really well that's kept you in games? Yeah, so it's, it, you know, it's two things. Um, he's he's fundamentally solid in, in two areas, the, the physical aspect. So he... He got himself in really good shape. He obviously, it was evident, he spent time in the weight room. He was coming off of a really good uh, season of football um, where he was a major contributor there. You know, So there again, that whole three-sport athlete thing. Um, we, we worked really hard in the summertime with just some very basic, fundamental goalie-type um, drills and things. I, I would liken it a lot you know, to baseball where you know, Joe Maurer still hit off of a tee, right? Go to the fundamentals, his mechanics, the goalie mechanics is what he really worked on, which increased his speed and mainly his speed in recovery. So you'll see when he's playing, he'll, he'll not even make one stop. He'll make two and three saves. He really shouldn't have to do that, but he's capable of doing that. So that that's made a really, really big difference um, in terms of his, his success. And then the, the second point of his, rock solid foundation has been his mental mindset, his attitude, his leadership, extremely positive. He knows we're going to be in some tough games. He's, he does not melt down. He stays positive in front of his team. And that's made, I think those two things have made a huge, huge uh, impact on his teammates. Well, yeah, and you know, it's the mental side of things that we always want to talk about. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it sounds simple. Sometimes we talk about it, but at the end of the day, you know, they're kids and they're teenagers and they're still learning and they're still trying to do all that stuff. But when a guy his age already has that mindset, just how crucial is it and how much can you use it to kind of try and rub it off on the other guys on the team? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's hard hard to hard to put a value on it. It's irreplaceable and, and we have we have that mindset throughout the team. You know, we've got, we have players, we have four players. You talk about dedication and mindset every day and not getting down. They, we have kids that are traveling from Sabika, Staples, Parker's Prairie. They get in a car every day after school, you know, and, and make a commitment of a half an hour or more of windshield time to, to be on that team. So I think, you know, with that, that's hard to overlook, right? You've got, when you're you're on a team and you're seeing guys making that kind of commitment um, to the group, it's it's something pretty special. Last question for you here, Coach. You guys got uh, featured in John's Journal over at the Minnesota State High School League. Uh, talk about that experience and what all did you go over in the article? Activities director is also filling in as pseudo sports writer and uh, for the Pioneer Journal. So 
<clears throat> Mr. Gallant wrote a, a really nice piece and kind of speaking to those things that, that we were talking about, the the adversity and kind of really what, what high school sports is all about and the the per- perseverance and the pursuit of, you know, trying trying to get out there and yes, you want to win games and but when that doesn't happen, what what are those life skills that are packed into that? So yeah, that that um was a a nice surprise to see. Um I wasn't expecting it to go there, but it, it did and I think it's getting some favorable responses. We're talking with Wadena Deer Creek head boys hockey coach Robbie Grendall. Coach, best of luck throughout the next week and we look forward to talking with you about it then. All right. Thanks, CJ. And as we get ready to wrap up this edition of Wolverines Weekly, we're going to put the cherry on top with our Wolverine Player Spotlight interview. Our next Wolverine Player Spotlight puts the focus on Teshi Lore, a senior on the boys' basketball team. And Teshi, last week you were able to get to career point number 1,000. How fun was that for you? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of family there to come and support, and it was nice to, you know, get it over with. Did you think that you were going to be able to break that 1,000-point threshold that game, or, or did you think it was still kind of a ways out? Um, I think I knew it was going to be that game. Just didn't want to let it affect my the way I played too much, but it was it was a lot of fun. Once you were able to get to that point and you were able to get uh, everything and the fanfare of it, were you kind of just uh, glad that uh, it was all done and you could kind of move past it, or were you like uh, still kind of like liking that anticipation? Um, yeah, I was definitely very relieved to get it over with, but you know, all the attention was a lot of fun too. And, you know, with a, obviously a 1,000 points, you're great with the basketball in your hands. What do you think is uh, one of the things you do best as a scorer? Um, I think my three-point shooting has been pretty good this year. Any specific spot on the floor you like to shoot it from? Anywhere. And so what do you think the expectations are for yourself for the rest of the season and for your team as well? Myself, just keep getting a lot of wins and stuff like that and for the team have a deep playoff run and uh, hopefully get to that section final game. And let's find out some of the other things you're involved in at Wadena Deer Creek. What other activities are you in, whether it's sports or activities? Uh, what other things are you do? Yep, I'm in uh, football and golf. And do you have a favorite class? Uh, yeah, student service with Kevin Toombird. What's your favorite movie? Um, Probably Moana. I just love all the music in it. What would you say is your favorite breakfast? If you get to choose what's on the table when you wake up in the morning, what's on it? I like some uh, egg bake and probably some bacon, too. If you could live any place in the United States, where would it be and why? Probably California on the beach somewhere. Would you say you're a morning or a night person? Probably morning. What's your favorite candy? Um, I like Milky Ways. Least favorite candy? Anything too sugary that makes your teeth feel weird. Who is your favorite athlete? It could be local, it could be professional. Who's somebody whose game you admire or look up to? Um, Peyton Church. I just like the way he works. Great shooter. If you could spend one day with a celebrity, who would it be and why? Rihanna, because I like all her music. Our Wolverine player spotlight, a senior on the boys' basketball team, Teshi Lore, who got his 1,000th point last week against East Grand Forks. Hey, Teshi, congratulations and best of luck for the season. Yeah, thank you. There's the final buzzer. Thanks for listening to Wolverines Weekly on KWAD. Tune in next Saturday morning for more from the coaches and players. If you missed any of the show or want to listen at a later time, go to wadinaradio.com.